about that recession. Welcome everyone to BHS Live, and we are in the middle of earnings season. We are hearing from from tech companies right now. This week, we've heard from uh, several bank companies already. We have a few more tech companies coming up, and obviously, we have the big retailers coming up next week. But welcome everyone. This is BHS Live. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger. I'm joined by my friend and co-host Tobin Smith out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And Toby, no mm. surprise, markets were relatively flat today. It is Wednesday. It's middle of the week, October 26th. We didn't see a lot of action, especially uh, considering that we did have so much uh, upside potential. And uh, But then we were actually uh, derailed a little bit off the earnings from Microsoft and Alphabet. But here we are, Toby. It's after hours while we're recording this show right now. And we get the numbers out from Meta. We get earnings out of from Ford. And the, it's not looking good. The guidance looks really, really bad. So what should we expect? What should investors expect for at least the short period? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's two things, Todd. We had this... Uh, the Fed is going to pivot rally that started in June after, you know, we were seriously oversold down 25%. And if you're a portfolio manager and you're down like 15 or 20% for the year, and you see the, uh, all of a sudden, it's always due to the algorithms and the and the robots that run run the show when it comes to momentum. When momentum changes about 5%, and particularly sort of, you know, on a big couple of days, then regardless of whether you think the Fed's going to pivot or not, but you got to keep your job, you, you got to participate in that rally because the Worst thing that happened to you is that you sat on your hands and said, no, 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 this is just a you know a small bear market rally, and you get a 17% move like we did between June and August. Then the Fed came out and said, listen to me, read my lips. Yeah. We're raising this until until we get over, we have to raise the rates. But I've, you know, what they never say live, but what they actually mean is that we have to raise these Fed fund rates higher than this personal consumption uh, expenditure index, which is what they follow, the PCE, which means the Fed has to raise rates to about five and a half percent because the PCE will start to come down, although we get something on Friday. But so much of the PCE is stuff that's long, long term. I mean, uh, uh, Rents are rents and the equivalent at home is yeah. almost forty one percent of the entire freaking PCE. And although home prices certainly have come down, and because of mortgages, apartment yeah. rents are are soft now. But all the rents that they did in the last six twelve months were at much higher rates. So if you take that, then you take a little thing like diesel fuel, by the way, which the East Coast is at the lowest amount. Diesel fuel prices feed into every part, and that they're not going anywhere because the EPA has made it so hard to build a refinery that. We're down to like the lowest amount of diesel fuel. Well, that makes farming more expensive. That makes traveling more expensive. That makes trucking more expensive. That makes anything that runs on wheels more expensive. So we, we're now in that real world. And all right. of a sudden, Google comes out and says, oh, by the way, of course, we got just got Facebook slash meta slash I don't know what the freak to call them anymore. <laughs> and Virtual reality. Yeah. And they, um, they well, Snap came out on Monday. Snap. That was awful. Uh, yeah, shocking that uh, you know by BYTE and and TikTok are just eating their lunch. But yeah. they came out and said, you know, here's what's sort of weird: about 11 percent of our retail revenues were from freaking crypto ads last year when crypto yeah. was on yeah. fire. And shockingly, since you know people are taking their, their, much of their capital has gone to money heaven, as I like to say, um, they uh, are not advertising as much. Retail's not advertising as much. Mortgages, which is the second largest advertiser, uh, and not, not on so much there, but certainly on Google. No. So the like the four or five horsemen of digital advertising have all dismounted. You can quote me on that. And um, okay. that has a big impact right um, now right. we have apple coming up you know we have 
uh, Amazon. Microsoft, yeah, Amazon, Microsoft gave yeah. some. But Amazon, by the way, the, the stealth part of the Amazon business is their advertising business. And they're going to have to be down as well. If you go into Amazon, as somebody in this house does at least once a week, and you're looking for something, you're going to get an ad. You're going to get three ads that are paid for by other sellers. And if you click on any of them, Amazon yeah. gets paid, right? But, so but I think that... Down. I think that I think the thing about the tech companies, though, and what you talked about with the earnings is that what's making people nervous now, right now, is that you have tech companies have all this cash. So there was always this feeling that they could weather the storm. But now all of a sudden they're coming out, they're actually giving weak forward guidance. You know, one, one of the things that we're hearing from Meta slash Facebook after yeah. hours is they're really worried about the future, about not just you know the next few weeks, they're worried about the next couple of quarters, stocks down double digits after hours right now as you and I are talking. Yeah. So that does beg the question, like if the tech companies are vulnerable, what's that say about all of these other established companies that are out there as we head into this downturn? Well, remember, if you're a commercial or an enterprise software company that sells software as a service, SaaS, the reason why they always got a premium was that the additional productivity that companies were getting out of, out of that software paid for itself. It was very sticky. You know, once you put service now into your system, and all your back office operates on service now, and you're a multinational company. You're not going to get off service now. But the the magic in the enterprise was was that then ServiceNow or other uh, 100 different SaaS companies would then upsell you some other stuff. So instead of getting a, a 98% retention rate for their customers, they were reporting 110% retention. Well, how is that? Because they added new services. They have you know, many other verticals. Well, now, oh, and by the way, everybody was hiring like crazy. Right. So the headcount was going up. So you needed to get a handle on that, particularly people working for home. Now, now, all of a sudden, can you imagine being a human resource person at Google right now or at Meta, they're, they're, they're under a lot of stress. But they have to cut hundreds of thousands of jobs. Yes, and they have to do it quickly. And and and, and, and yet these severance severances that they add into this and the, all the other rehiring and downhiring and blah 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 is going to be a drag on their earnings for not just this quarter but the next quarter and the next quarter after that. And since mm-hmm. those mega companies, mega tech companies, in the S and P five hundred make about forty eight percent of the total value, um, we need to get this priced in. I think is the uh, euphemism of the week. Um, yeah. And, uh, and we, you know, so we had, and you know, you got to wait until the company actually comes out. You can make all sorts of speculation, but the S&P 500 has sort of stayed aloft because the sort of the working number for next year, 2023, is something like 230 bucks, 240 bucks of earnings per share for the entire S&P 500. And now people have to look at these numbers and say, well, gosh, if the top 10% of the market cap companies are cutting their estimates and cutting their EPS um, guidance or not giving guidance at all, then 230 bucks or 240 right. bucks is crazy. And it's right. be and 10 or 15% lower. And, and speaking of, and you're talking about the S&P now, and you look at the NASDAQ, tech heavy NASDAQ, just off of Microsoft and Alphabet, off of those weak reports on Tuesday, we saw the NASDAQ drop 2% on Wednesday. And you can only suspect that's going to go even lower tomorrow. And that's the, I think that's where this might be the breaking point because we had several updates, this feeling of, you know, people are thinking, what recession? And that's why I opened it up that way because nobody, it seems like everything's back to the, the great Gatsby days suddenly. 
But here, but you and I know the reality of what's taking place. But for the markets themselves, we had so much upside. People were, felt like we were going to reach higher highs. I mean, it was nuts. So the, the, the euphoria was crazy. Yeah. And now it's almost like, whoa, things are going to crash. And they're going to, they seem like they're going to, they're about to crash hard. That's well, where I nature, think I'm biggest Todd, concern. You know, the thing about human nature is no ultra pessimist in, invests in stocks. Because just if you're an ultra pessimist, you know, right. you're you're buying gold or you're buying silver or something silly. And the muscle memory, you know, of buying the dip uh, while the Fed was, you know, unleashing $6 trillion of, of uh, stimulus worked. And and we've had a regime change. We've talked about it all summer. Um, mm-hmm. But we saw outflows big time the first uh, couple of weeks of, of October. Yeah. And then there was, this, you know, somewhat of an inflow uh, a week ago. But people haven't, again, it depends on your time horizon. But we, we overstimulated so much. And we distorted so much valuations when money was free and, you know, there was no alternative, Tina, that that has, reality has to get priced in. And the only reality that really matters a lot to the indexes is megatech and tech in general, because it makes up so much of the numbers. Remember, energy, we used to be only 2.5% of the market cap of, uh, of the S&P 500. Now it's about 65 almost 7% of the market cap. So now it sort of means something. But if you take energy earnings per share out of the S&P and just look at the S&P without energy complex, it's not selling at a 17, 18 PE minus the energy numbers, it's still selling at a 22 or 23 times. And in recessions, you know, those price multiples come down to that 14 to 16 times number. And the, the 90% that is not energy needs to come down to make, you know, to and you really have to look at it as take energy and put it aside. We call it the Brexit play, right? Because it's driven by completely different fundamentals than, than high tech right now. Uh, right. So that's all complicated. And it just it okay. sounds like a bunch of um, no, but I get it. I get it. And investors, I think, are, are feeling it. I think that's the thing. But what do we have next week? We have the big Fed meeting. Now, you touched on it a little bit, Toby. And you have uh, Chairman Powell, who is now now receiving political pressure. I actually received a letter from from an Ohio Democrat uh, this week stressing that maybe the rates are going too high too fast and it's impacting the economy. And he's clearly hearing that from his constituents. But with all of that, the Fed's, we already know what the Fed's going to do next week. I guess the question is, I mean, it's not going to be stopping. And you have to suspect that if we do have a sell-off that's sparked by lower tech earnings, that's only going to continue into next week. But what do you think? Yeah, I I mean, um, it's funny. I I keep a whole list of of positives and negatives for the stock market. And I update it every day. And it is things like this long. The Wall Street Journal and John Heisman and a couple other people have have become the the, uh, speakers for the Federal Reserve. And when the Federal Reserve wants to get something out to the markets, it goes to specific uh, reporters who follow the Fed at the Wall Street Journal. What happened last week was that Mary Wetcher face from San Francisco Fed was the first one to say and went through the report of the Wall Street reporters that she now thinks it's appropriate. Certainly, we're going to use a quote unquote. We're going to have the 75 basis points, three quarters of 1% raise for uh, November. And and then I think, her words, I think we then need to look and wait a little bit and see what's happening because there's a six to nine month lag uh, in what, what happens to the economy after Fed starts raising. By the way, that's optimistic. If you look at most data, there's like a, a year to a, a year and a half of lag, except for in the interest rate sensitive areas like homes, you know, uh, apartments, uh, blah, blah, blah. So that 
that gave people a whiff of hope, Todd. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. And so you, you get the you get that move up, and then the algorithms say, hey, you, they, it, it stopped at 3,500, That was great support. Bounced off the VIX, the risk factor. You know, uh, came up to like 32, 34, and then came down. And so that's what made, that's what makes this this thing so uh, difficult for investors is that it's a roller coaster because the marginal buyer of stocks is not the YOLO FOMO crazy kid from 2020, 22. It's the the momentum algorithms that buy stocks based on rules. And a number of those rules were hit that said buy when, you know, certain uh, areas of support were hit. And then they went up 5%, blah, blah, blah. Now, the same thing goes on the downside, though. The algo also says if our earnings forecast is, you know, for Microsoft or for anybody uh, is X, and if it's less, if it misses by 5% or more, then you sell that automatically. And and they sell it mostly in the aftermarket, by the way. And that's what's creating this yo-yo. And we're in this yo-yo. We've been waiting patiently for these earnings to come in for all those obvious reasons. On the other hand, our tankers, the shipping oil and product, our LNG, Mm -hmm. our FNLNG, our FSRUs, anything that has to do with the uh, exit of trying to get Russia out of the Western world, those stocks are just cranking. So there's a bull market inside the bear market. And my advice to people always is, geez, if I'm not in this thing to be good looking or be famous, I want to make money. And and so, you know, we're writing the Brexit. We're actually writing the decarbonization exit. I call the Dexit. You look at Emphase Energy or Solar Edge. They're all hitting all time highs. You know, today, yeah. as a matter of fact, in a, in a down market. So there yeah. is a way to make money here, Tato. But yeah. just buying, you know, the QQQs, et cetera, if for a longer term, absolutely. But I thought it was most interesting, Tato. Remember, you know, it's, you always look for the QQQ and NASDAQ index first, right? Because it was always, if the Dow was up 1%, the NASDAQ was up 3%. In yeah. the last three weeks, it's been the Dow that had the bigger move. The Dow 30, sure. or it's been the S&P 500, which again says there's regime change in, in where people you know want to invest for the next one to two years, just, and, you know, and that the QQQ is very still very expensive on any way you're going to look at it. Right, right. Well, you're right. Well, Toby, uh, you know, with back up from what you just said there, you were already good looking and famous, so you don't have to worry about letting that happen again. So- Thank you, Todd. The checks in the <laughs> Absolutely. mail. Absolutely. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, coming up next, we're going to be talking about that energy. I really want to talk about uh, when President Biden announced the plan. He wants to release 15 million barrels out of the SBR, and uh, it's clearly in an effort to bring gas prices down. I really got to get your opinion on that, Toby. I know it's uh, you're, you're shaking your head right now, so I know it's a good one. So please stay with us right after the break, and we'll get into it. All righty. Buy, hold, sell live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. 
Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to BHS Live. So today we actually saw flat results in the market, but the earnings are going to move the needle. We already know it. We just talked about it. But one thing that is definitely moving is the energy sector, and partly because you had President Biden last week announce that he's going to have he's going to release an additional 15 million barrels of crude oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. He's doing this in an effort to help bring gas prices down because AAA has reported that gas prices have gone up for 20. 22, 23 straight days now. So, uh, so there's, there's got that upside movement. Plus, you have the election in two weeks. He's trying to show American voters that he's doing everything he can. But Toby, you're shaking your head. You're, you're rubbing your eyes. You're going crazy right now with this. <laughs> what is this? Not a great idea. I mean, is that what you're thinking? Well, I don't know. We don't have enough time to really talk about this time. But let me, let me. First off, fifteen million barrels. <laughs> Is, is nothing because because of it, because we export about 25 million barrels a week of oil and if he wanted to actually lower prices what you know no. what you would actually work i mean it'd be politically insane would be for him say yeah is to, to to end exports to put an export ban say he get a shovel and start drilling here in america well no 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 but you know come on <laughs> it, it, we're, we're drilling everything we can todd but but he he doesn't understand that the business model of oil, energy, natural gas exploration has changed, particularly if you're a public company. They're not borrowing money from the bank to, to go drill. They're using their cash flow. They're using their cash flow to buy back stock like Oxy's done in a big, big way. And yep. for a lot of companies, they have a variable dividend that they never used to have before. So they're, what they're doing is drilling to replace their depletion. They're not drilling to add more. Those reserves are already proven reserves. They just haven't been, they're called PUDs. They haven't been drilled yet. But that's all they're doing. What's funny though, 
is he came out and said, well, you know, we're going to uh, start to restock the uh, oil strategic petroleum reserve when oil prices get down to like between 68 and $72. That's where we're going to buy. So de facto, he's sort of given a, a, a floor to the oil prices and $72 oil prices still, if, if, even if we got there, remember we're $86 and change today, we would have to go down, you know, roughly, uh, let me do the math here, uh, you know, 25%. Right. But that still doesn't mean that gasoline prices are down 25% because gasoline prices are a function of all sorts of things, starting with the fact that the started with Biden, but really started with, with President Obama, that the restrictions on how, to build a refinery, there hasn't been a new refinery built in the United States for 35 years. So we have a fixed amount of refining capacity, which means that the price of gas is going to be a function of its availability versus demand. And we're never going to get more supply than demand unless we have a massive recession. And if we get okay. a massive recession, then he's got much big problems than whether just... Uh, oil your gasoline price so right. it's it's the and, and and you know geez he's released some offshore drilling uh, sites which is awesome except for the fact those those sites weren't bid on when they were available they're not getting bid on now there's some really really good stuff out there that these block off florida off the east coast um that everybody knows there's a, a here's a, a scientific term a shit ton of oil and gas yeah. <laughs> but they won't do it. Same thing in California, obviously. And and what's interesting is if you look at Brazil, they've they've added the most oil and natural gas reserves and production anybody in the last eight years. And they have these offshore wells are called salt domes that are particularly stuffed with hydrocarbons. Well, California has the same thing. They haven't drilled a new oil well or natural gas offshore in 25 years. Right. So, I mean, because they don't, let, they don't want it to look bad. They don't want that look. At, they don't want to look out to their precious water, the Pacific Ocean, and see one of these ugly rigs out there. Everybody you, knows. But you could be a lot deeper. You could be the wells I'm talking about in Brazil are 40 miles off Brazil. But again, my point is, is that with all the constraints against energy exploration in these best spots, because, you know, if I'm going to spend $250 million to build one of these things and drill it, yeah. I'm going to sort of want to go in the best best spot. I'm not going in, you know, well, this one is like the, the C plus student. I want to be in the A plus student. Well, so it's, it's a conundrum wrapped around a riddle, Todd. Uh, he, yeah, well, I have to, yeah. You know, he, he, he goes and, and, Makes it tougher to drill. He removes drilling sites. Hasn't done anything for refineries, but no one else has either. And we're in that situation where uh, it's a free country. And if I can take my oil uh, and send it to Houston, put it on a tanker and send it to Europe and get two times the price or at least 10 to $12 more per barrel, I'm going to do that, Tom. Yeah, well, you're right about that. I mean, there's a couple of things here. One, you know, it's purely symbolic. I mean, I think everybody listening to this show right now uh, can uh, comfortably agree with us to to say that, especially yeah. considering that the election is coming up. Um, plus, you have reports coming out of uh, the state of New York uh, that's actually rationing heating oil already. I mean, this was when the state actually had 70 plus degree weather over the past week. So yeah. there, are, there is a lot of that. I, I do believe, though, I, I always like to look at the timing of these things. And I, and I can't help. I'm going to give the president and his staff the benefit of the doubt and think that they are strategic in their release of some information. I get it. I get that the election's coming up, but you also have big oil earnings coming out. ExxonMobil is reporting this week, and you know those numbers are going to be to the moon. So naturally, they're the, now all of a sudden the villain. Now it's, oh yeah, let's talk about those windfall profits taxes. Right. Everything that we heard from during the Obama days, we're going to hear the same story now. And, and I, I do think that there is some connection here, and I think that's where 
the president is going to end up starting his attack um, by going after them. Yeah, well, but I with mean, that said, with that said, I do want to make one note, though, and this is what a lot of people forget. The single largest shareholder of ExxonMobil stock is the teachers union in this country. So you start taxing them, you're going to attack the fifth grade teacher in Topeka that's driving around in a Ford Focus. Just keep that in mind there, ladies and gentlemen. But go okay. ahead, Toby. Where were you? I have no idea. No, um, <laughs> 15 million barrels being re- out of the strategic reserve. Yeah. Doesn't mean tiddly squat. Yeah. Because it's all piling up in storage because the refiners are working at full bore and you can only do so many barrels a day and so on and so forth. Natural gas. I mean, natural gas is, I think, a better situation because we have three major LNG plants that have been uh, shut down for the last uh, 35, 40 days that are all coming back online. So we're very bullish on U.S. natural gas prices. Uh, Natural gas prices in Europe have come down like 50 percent, but they're still up 150 percent from the normal rate. So because there's 67 LNG tankers floating around (coughs) Europe, floating in the ocean as storage for when when the storage comes down and we have cold weather in Europe, boom, they're going to jump in and replace those reserves at much higher prices. Um, Right. So, so, you know, people can confuse natural gas and oil that the prices uh, work, you know, together. And and they don't. Yeah. Well, today was a big day. You had oil up three and a half percent. Natural gas was up over two two percent today um so you're gonna you're gonna continue to see these numbers i uh, appreciate there hasn't been movement at all on the downside since the, the announcement of this release right now no. so uh, it really it really depends on what we'll see but i do believe the rhetoric is going to ramp up once exxon reports their big numbers coming out this week so but um but with that we'll, we'll obviously be reporting again yeah. to, to everybody else and let them know what's happening but listen Coming up after the break, Toby, we're going to talk about something. I know this is near and dear to your heart right now. It's the McRib sandwich from McDonald's. <laughs> they are actually, <laughs> McDonald's is actually talking about uh, no longer offering the McRib. And, um, and it just so happens that the earnings are coming out tomorrow morning. I think it's a coincidence, but who knows? Maybe you think differently. Maybe those numbers are going to be pretty weak, but they know that the McRib sales are going to be huge in the first quarter. But we're yeah. going to talk about it right after the break. Buy, hold, sell live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. everyone to be 
VHS Live. So, Toby, I am just, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I've been up late at night. I've been pacing the streets. The McDonald's McRib is on its farewell tour. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know you must be going stir crazy right now about this news. But I have to say, earnings are coming out for McDonald's tomorrow. The The expectation is that they're going to be okay, but the forward guidance might be weak. Do you think that this farewell tour is really just one of those you know, nostalgic things to try to boost up earnings in the fourth quarter? Well, first off, I, I do a lot of uh, television for the BBC because they're always trying to figure out crazy Americans. And, uh, <laughs> and when I got this news, I asked the, the interviewer, have you ever had a McRib? And Peter Townsend says, oh, dear, Tobin, I would never, that would never touch my lips, you know? <laughs> I, I tried one just for the, you know, equity research need to understand why people love uh, McRib. Yeah. And Did you pass out? <laughs> It's a look at pork belly is really good if you braise it for like two or three hours, but it's just pork belly. Right. And it's not even good pork belly. It's the stuff that's left after they've done the pig. It's atrocious. The fact that people love McRibs is atrocious. Are they why are they getting rid of it? I don't know. But pig, pig prices are pretty high these days. Yeah. Well, that's right. Maybe I they're just the losing money. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think that's exactly it. I think the inflation concerns are going to be really big when their numbers come out. I mean, Goldman has already lowered their price target on the stock. They have a price target of two seventy on it. Um, right now, it did close today at uh, two fifty six and change. So there is that going on. But I do think that the inflationary concerns are going to actually push push the McDonald's down. I mean, if you look at its competitors like Yum Brands, Domino's, uh, you, you start you start seeing real inflationary pressure uh, to the downside. And I don't know about you. I mean, if you go into these fast food joints, I mean, it's not like it used to be, Toby. I mean, when we were growing up, you know, you could get a whole meal for like two, three dollars. I mean, <laughs> you can't get out of there for 30 bucks. It's like, what are you doing? What, yeah. I mean, really, what exactly are you spending money on? With all this, it doesn't, I, uh, it doesn't add up. I, I, have, I, I, I do like the, the McChicken the, uh, uh, sandwich. I, I, I like that one. The deluxe one. I, 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 that's pretty good. But they're going to do fine, Todd. I mean, obviously, for the bottom 70 or bottom 60% of the households based on discretionary income, it's a you know food extender. It's a meal extender. And it's not 30 bucks if you order you know, off the dollar menu. But remember, their sales are all through franchises it, for the most part it's the franchise fees that they live or die and they don't live in but the, the prices certainly are going to slow just the, the sales for their franchisees for the stores stores they own well they got rid of all of russia so that's 565 stores closed um so by definition in the third quarter they're, they're going to have they'll be reporting uh yeah, for third quarter. Sorry, uh, their, yeah. their numbers, their numbers are going to be down. I don't think anything yeah. tremendous because the, you know that dollar menu is is a lifesaver for a lot of people all over the world. Right, right. I have to say you're right about that. I mean, and and what we've seen in the past is that during recessionary periods, yeah, they do well. That dollar menu is really is the winner for them. Um, as people can't afford uh, going out to regular takeout, the dollar menu does save them. But oh, the rest of that menu, way too high. And uh, that definitely prices out the people that are going in there for, obviously, to, to uh, you know, for replenishment with the dollar menu. But with that said, we'll see. The stock is down 4% this year, um, which isn't so bad considering no. uh, its competitors right now, what we see in the rest of the market. So it does remain to be seen what the earnings are going to be. Um, but I, I know the numbers, like you said, are going to be okay. But I think that guidance is going 
to be what really is going to send people over the edge. And I do believe we're going to have a bit of a sell-off on that stock. But we'll, we'll right. talk about it again and follow up. All right. Well, listen, coming up next, we just got breaking news, actually, that and we we will be admits that we did not talk about it. But the Kanye West story, or as he calls himself, <laughs> he, he was actually just escorted out of Skechers office in uh, in Los Angeles. He just showed up unannounced. He had they had to call the police. It's a big news story. <laughs> we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that, the impact uh, with Adidas and um, everything else. So please stay with us. You're not going to want to miss what we have to say about this. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Welcome back, everyone, to VHS Live. So we have some breaking news that's just coming across the tape right now about Kanye West, who is otherwise known as Yee. He uh, evidently entered a, the Skechers headquarters in Los Angeles, and he had to be escorted out. Police are, um, are on site, and not really? sure he's being arrested. Oh, it's a whole thing. Whole thing, Toby. But, you know, we would be uh, we have to talk about it because, I mean, this is a story that is clearly it's a big story. It's actually been carrying on for months now because this goes back to when, you know, as a MAGA supporter, how he is very much out there. And now he is publicly coming out with his anti-Semitism and he's utilizing or actually putting his comments and writing on social uh, social sites. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, right. I mean, so, yeah, he's memorializing his thoughts. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's going to be tough to, to think how he can recover from this. But the big thing right now is how many companies that actually are cutting ties with this guy. I mean, you know, he's a he's a Grammy winner. He clearly has some talent, but these companies are willing to take a hit to their bottom line. Most notably, obviously, is Adidas, who just a couple of days ago said came right out and said once he threatened to go, quote, go death three on Jewish people, end quote. Once yeah. they came out, they said that was it. They're out. And this is a company that they anticipate they're going to lose 250 million euros over the next 12 months. That equates to $248 million. They're willing to give up a net income just to cut ties with this guy based off of these off these comments. And, you know, it's one of those things. They're not the only ones. Gap also said they're out. Um, his own talent agency, CAA, is out. Uh, JP Morgan, everybody. They're just they're, they're headed for the hills. TJ Maxx, nobody wants to be associated with them. What do you think, Toby? I mean, is somebody like this, I mean, can we, is it, is it a safe bet to say that Kanye or Ye is not going to be recovering from this anytime soon? Or do you think his followers even give a damn? They're still going to buy the, the Yeezy shoes yeah. and listen to its music. Yeah, uh, I am not a world-class expert on the behavior of 18 to 34-year-olds. And Ye, but if you, you know, you choose to do business with the devil, devil's going to do what the devil's going to do. I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. I'm reading this one. This is the one that got me. You know, he posts these on social media. It's not like he just, you know, says yeah. all 
guys drunk at the bar on social media <laughs> on Instagram. He says, yeah. I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON. He didn't even say DEFCON. He said DEFCON. Yeah, yeah. DEFCON Def three on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jews as well. You guys yeah. have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm trying to understand. What's what's the point? What's his intent? I mean, is he just rambling on or is there some other business strategy here when you would well, try to look further in into theory, the weeds? In theory, if you took the royalties that he gets, you know, and I like, I mean, his, his Adidas shoe is pretty cool. It's colorful, yada, yada. But they were calling him the next African-American uh, multi-billionaire. And he ain't going to be no multi-billionaire from anybody there unless he strikes oil in his backyard. Uh, yeah. Because he's now... Now, toxic. He's now, uh, uh, from a brand standpoint, is toxic. And that does not go away. You could insult somebody or say the F-bomb or something and get a, you know, get away with it. There is yeah. no return for I'm going DEFCON Def 3 Con. against Jewish people. Yeah, isn't it Def, Def, DEFCON 1 is yeah, the Def, bad one? D-E-F-C-O-N. It's yeah. the I, I, yeah. for nuclear I, holocaust. I just remember from that Matthew Broderick movie with that. That's Morgan. right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you, if, if you add nuclear holocaust, the word holocaust, and against Jewish people, yeah. you... You can't get an endorsement at a KKK rally. Yeah, I have, to, I have to agree with you there. Yeah, it's really interesting because his reach, though, and I think this really goes to show you from the entertainment perspective, when you have so you you have so many uh, strings to so many different groups. I mean, the fact that J.P. Morgan was even involved with this guy, I think I wonder how many people even knew that. I mean. They actually back in uh, September. They uh, they apparently they they actually said that's it because they were J.P. Morgan had a relationship with the Yeezy brand and that's his clothing line. And then yeah. they decided that was it. I mean, I, I guess Jamie Dimon was walking around in these Yeezys. I own. I I personally never saw him wearing them. But J.P. Morgan actually is saying we're not even going to comment on this guy anymore. <laughs> He's he's gone. He's out. And, yeah. you know, every financial firm in New York's going to say the same thing. And, you know, when it comes to doing business, it's really good to have a good relationship with your bankers, especially when you're trying to obtain financing. So I can't imagine if he has any uh, big plans. He's only 45. He's got, you know, the rest of his yeah, life his, to live. I can't imagine his, his what, he's, demo, what he's going to be up to. His demo, though, is is 18 to 20 year old, 28 year olds. Uh, that's yeah. his court demo. So since he, you know, has 200 million people on social media following him, so on and so forth. And and, you know, is is his brand is cool. His brand is sort of bright colors and so on and so forth and young. So that's for a brand connecting his reputation with your brand. If you're looking after that, that demo made a lot of sense. But you're also yeah. hiring a guy who's bipolar and, you know, who maybe didn't take the drugs for like a week and, and all of a sudden, you know, becomes... A, the the absolute reverse of what a brand manager would ever want to append his new brand to an existing brand. So sorry, Kanye. Yeah. It, didn't it didn't work with Kim yeah. Kardashian. Yeah. You should talk to her. She knows how to uh, put her brand on, on other stuff. Yeah, you're right about that. And and speaking of Kim Kardashian, I'll leave you with this. Even the law firm that represented Kanye in that divorce with Kim Kardashian even dropped him. I mean, <laughs> this guy doesn't have his, his financial backers. He doesn't have his legal backers. I can imagine... I mean, it's not just a clothing issue with this guy. Everybody is departing from him. And um, yeah, it remains to be I seen, think, Todd, I, I, think, I think he's just going to change his name again. I think that's what you have to do. <laughs> They'll call him Can. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Jay, let's, no, I can't work on that.
<laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, that was a great subject. Well, listen, coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have our buy hold soap prediction. Please stick with us. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Predictions time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make some money. Toby, what's your buy hold sell of the week? Well, my my buy is the uh, the ETF. The, the ticker symbol is SQQQ. It's the reverse of the QQQ ETF, but it goes up when the QQQ is going down. And Idea. based on the, the the numbers out, me, not just from Facebook down fourteen percent in the after hours, but we got Apple coming up. We have Amazon coming up. Uh, we have other main components of it. And the basic gist is if you're retail facing business, you uh, are, are, you know, you're, you're going to have earnings problems. If you're an advertising based business, digital ad thing, you're going to have problems. Um, and they have not been priced in. So the SQQ goes up in value while they go down in value. And, you know, we, I, I think of the big 10 mega cap, I certainly, you know, think you're going to see the average of more than 10% down. And, and most of them, are, you know, maybe Apple will only be six, seven, eight percent. But, uh, you know, it's not done. It's, it's time to trade QQQs. That trade's over. It's now now time to go reverse. In terms of, I like it. Uh, of the hold, excuse me, in terms of the sell, we talked about, I don't know, four or five months ago, the, you know, the opportunity in net gas. And I'm, I'm, I'm flipping this over. Sorry. The hold, I want you to hold the net gas. <laughs> because net gas has really hit a bottom here. And as I said, all three of the major LNG plants, which re- represent almost 40% of LNG are okay. going to be reopening in the month of, of November. So that is going to have a serious positive impact. So I want to hold it. the cell guys. If you have any of the big semiconductor guys left, if you haven't sold them, Texas Instruments came out yesterday with just a horrible number. And Texas Instrument is in everything. They make what's yep. known as analog chips. And if analog chips are down 11%, then... Uh, so true. Yeah. So we, you know, we've sold AMD. We've sold NVIDIA. We, we sold a lot of that stuff uh, much earlier this year when the Fed decided they were going to... Uh, raise rates. But man, if you're holding on because you're a longtime holder of Intel or so on and so forth. Eh. Now, Intel just took Mobileye, their, their automatic driving chip public. I'd be buying that. It came out except the day in the aftermarket, they just priced it. Mobileye has a huge runway ahead of it and it's reasonably valued. But uh, for the most of the semiconductors, I'd be selling them now. Okay. I like it. Some good ones. So let me tell you what I have. My buy what do you is have, Tom? JP Morgan is my buy, and it's not because they dropped Kanye West. Uh, <laughs> I, I, one, they just started this thing a few months ago. It's called Capital Connect. 
This is, let me tell you about this idea. And this is how all banks should be looking at this. They're actually trying to set up VCs, venture capitalists, and other investors with startups. And the idea is to marry those two and bring them into the JP Morgan ecosystem. So JP Morgan can then take their banking, do additional financing they want, they need loans, whatever it is. They're going to be the all-encompassing concierge in the financial world for these startups. And if they get a few to hit, and they get a few that are going to be out there and they're going to go public, then JP Morgan is going to be the lead underwriter on those deals. It's a genius move. It does take time to develop, but JP Morgan is one of those companies that's going to, they've been around and they're going to be around for hundreds of years. So when you look at that, I think this is a smart way because they're not just trying to get the retail investor, they're actually focusing more on that institutional side. I also yeah. like the dividend. It's healthy. It's 3.2% right now. Um, it was at four just a couple of weeks ago, but the stock's been going up. So, uh, so it's one of those companies that I think that you're going to be okay with. Well, Tato, I hate to you know actually bring reality into your point, but there's this Talk bank called Silicon Valley Bank. You notice I didn't say <laughs> silicon or it's silicon, Silicon Valley Bank. That is uh-huh. their entire business plan. And their stock just dropped 25% in the last two weeks. Because guess what? Okay. There's about 60% less startups with VC money. And so right. it, this would have been an awesome idea about five years ago. But if you use Silicon Valley Bank as the as the analog for this, uh, it's uh, not going to make any difference in their earnings. Well, I've never even heard of Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, SVB. <laughs> but the... Okay. Uh, the thing that works for JP Morgan is is that the their net interest income is rising because they can now raise credit card bills, uh, interest rates, they can rent home mortgages, et cetera. So I'd be much more about the net interest income rising than I am about doing a PR stunt to get small businesses <laughs> to show how hip they are, particularly since Silicon Valley Bank has yeah. been a fantastic stock since 2008 and it dropped 20% a day because all of a sudden they's like, hmm, it seems like these okay. startups are, are not raising any venture capital money. So. Well, my comeback to that is obviously that JP Morgan's going to be around a lot longer. Silicon of Valley course. Bank. I, can I go out and buy a CD from Silicon Valley Bank? I yes, don't know. You can. I mean, oh, you can. Okay, interesting. Sure. Well, there's something new for them, so that's mm-hmm. good. So, but uh, JP Morgan's definitely going to be my buy. The symbols JPM. Hold. T bills, Treasury bills are yeah. sexy again, Toby. Can you believe it? You could get a three month T bill right now, paying three point two percent. The one year's at four point one percent. Just a year ago, that one year was at. 0.07%. So when I see that, I start thinking, you know what? I love treasury bills. I mean, you get the money. Uh, usually on those one years, you get the interest at semi-annual. You get the, the cash comes in. And then next thing you do, you can roll it over if you want, or you just get, or you just take the cash and run. But that's one of those, if you're looking for that hold the safe side of things, you don't like the volatility that's taking place in the market, especially the potential of recession. And you can only suspect that those rates will be going higher next week when the Fed meets. Yeah, My and, cell, oh, God. and hang on. You can get a ten-year okay. Treasury bond and get nine point seven percent ten-year, which basically you guaranteed to double your money if you re, you know reinvest those dividends um, and take no risk unless you think the United States is you know going to be taken over by uh, uh, Jay Z or or, uh, or, or Z. yeah just Kanye. Yeah. Well, on on that on the bonds, the the um to get in, I mean, it's a thousand hours by the bond. You buy a treasury bill, it's ten thousand hours. So, right. you know, sometimes it's a higher barrier to entry yeah, for some investors. It. But something to keep in mind. My sell is a is going to dovetail into your SQQQ. I'm actually saying sell Apple. 
I'm, I'm really, really concerned right now about these uh, production cutbacks on this iPhone 14 and the inflation numbers. And plus, we've already seen the clues from the other tech companies, i.e. Microsoft. I have to suspect when I hear that, I think the Apple numbers are coming out tomorrow and, and the guidance and the, that, that press conference are going to have afterwards. I'm going to only suspect that those numbers are going to be a lot lower and, um, and they're probably going to have a uh, brutal sell-off actually on Friday, which I think is going to move the needle in the markets to the downside. But it remains to be seen, but I'm not, I don't like it. I mean, I think the inflation numbers, the iPhone 14 should be the hottest phone. There should be people camping out for the iPhone 14 and nobody's doing it. You don't have that buzz. And it's supposed to be an awesome phone with that camera. I have not heard, I and mean, it's not like, and I always use the, the idea of family when they say, oh, I got to go out and get the iPhone 14. I haven't heard one person talk. So I'm suspecting well, it's not going to be a big winner. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a discretionary purchase. The, the X factor, though, is T-Mobile, you know, Verizon and AT&T are basically subsidizing that phone. Um, if you, you know, move your business over there and give them your old phone, I mean, I have like five of these offers in front of me. It costs me nothing. And I lock in a lower price guarantee. It depends how much people are going to do that. But in the end of the day, if nothing's free, that means your rates is you know going to be higher. Uh, and again, for the bottom 60, 70 percent of the households, you know, I got one, I got a 13. This 13 is pretty dang cool. I mean, do I really need a 14? No. Uh, they have a big <laughs> iPad coming out, they said next year. Now that big iPad, I'm all about because I love my iPad. But good yeah, for I you. Mean, I, the other, the I, other thing about Apple, remember, is now about four and a half to five percent of their income is advertising on their platform. Um, and that advertising is gonna be down. Then the other side is services have become a bigger number but those services are expensive <laughs> let me tell you and if you're watching your budget paying 14 dollars a month for apple plus as much as i love ted lasso you know all i can watch it uh later i know it's still going to be around yeah. but if i'm worried about my job or my my cost of living is up 20 percent, i'm gonna have to cut back somewhere so i i think apple is it's just susceptible as you say to you know guidance that's weaker missing and so that's why we're short uh, via the SQQ that because yeah. they're the number one, they're the lead dog. And then the other final thing is when you have regime change in, in markets, the old leaders are not the ones that lead the next bull market. Um, it's, it's, it's different categories. It's, you know, certainly energy is going to be one of those. And frankly, I mean, these guys are sort of a different uh, cat because they're so large and they have such $200 billion of cash and so on and so forth. But the blown up stocks that are down 70, 80% are not going to, you know, they were the leaders up and they were the leaders down and they're going to stay down. So I just think it's early. I'm, I'm going you. Okay. I just think it's early to, to be buying mega cap. Right now. Well, we'll see that. I think you're right about that. All right, Toby. Well, listen, want to uh, thank everybody for joining us uh, on BHS Live today. Uh, coming up, we're, we got so much to talk about because obviously we, could, we will continue the conversation about tech earnings, but we also have the big Fed meeting. So we definitely have to get into that in our next show. So on behalf of Tobin Smith at Transformity Research. And ladies and gentlemen, as a side note, please check out transformityresearch.com. You got to see what Toby's doing. Uh, him and the staff. Hey, well, we, just, get, uh, we, we get a lot together. of new subscribers, Todd. It's, it, it's really good. Again, we're, we're up 95% this year. We're up yeah. 45% in the second half of the year. Why? Because we've avoided all the turkeys. We own the pheasants. Okay. There, there we, you go. I love it.
I love it. Well, no doubt about that. With Transformity Research, it is. And you can also click on the hyperlink that's in the content section of this podcast to go right to this link. So, cool. and I'm Todd Schoenberger. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We have Ravens Buccaneers on Thursday night on Amazon Prime, Toby. Oh. I want you to be watching. So we guess we've got to talk about that game. So I hope everybody out there can uh, can watch it as well. So thanks for again for <laughs> thanks again for joining us on BHS Live. Until next time. Take care. Yep, yep. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.